private life and everything, but uh, he's gone through a very difficult time and, and wondered where God was at for a while. And uh, it's not until recently, and he was just sharing this, he just rededicated his life back to the Lord. And he was telling me, he said, you know, um, God's been there the whole time. It's just that I haven't seen him. And it's everything that I've been going through. I've had my focus more on my problem than I have upon God who's over the problem. And we had this conversation and was just able to share with one another that God is faithful. We serve a faithful God that no matter whether we see him at work or not, there's no doubt he is there. And he has not left us and he is right there with us the whole time. The Bible tells us 60 times okay, that God is faithful. Okay, now, I know that some of you are thinking, well, out of the whole Bible, maybe that's not that many times. The problem that you're missing is, is that's where it specifically says God is faithful. Throughout the whole Bible, that's the whole theme, is that we serve a faithful God. That is the whole theme. So, for example, if you read the book of Jonah, you may not see where it specifically says God is faithful, those three words, but you can see that Jonah and the Ninevites see that there is a faithful God, okay? And they see that. You see that theme not just in the book of Jonah, but in every single book. God is faithful. And you know what, church? We need to be reminded of that, don't we? We need to be reminded of that. If you were to go into the Old Testament and see how many times that Moses had to remind the Israelites that God is faithful, you would be surprised. You'd be like, why can't these people get it? That they serve a faithful God. Then you get into the New Testament, and Paul's constantly having to tell people that we serve a faithful God. You can put your trust in Him. And so what I want to share with you this morning is that very fact that because Scripture tells us that God is faithful, and because we see that God is faithful in modern times, and I'm going to share a couple examples of that with you, but because of the faithfulness we see, both biblical and modern times, we can put our trust and confidence in God. And I just want to encourage you with that today. So we're going to be looking in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 7 through 9. And, and the words will be up on the screen, but it simply says this. It was not because you were more numerous than any other people that the Lord set his heart on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all people. It was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath that he swore to your ancestors that the Lord has brought you out, of, out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who maintains covenant loyalty with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. And I'm going to stop there. It's just one example where it shows that God is faithful. And here's what I love about this passage of Scripture, is that God is not faithful because they were a great people. God is faithful because that's who God is. No matter what you and I do, God will remain faithful. And there's all sorts of verses 
that, that share that with us. And I'll share a couple of those with you here in a little bit. But before we dive into this, let's pray, okay? Lord, remind us today of your faithfulness. Remind us, God, that you love us. And that no matter how many times we have veered off track, you have remained faithful. Lord, help us to give you praise today. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Jerry Bridges is, a, is a, an author, a Christian author, and, and he writes the following about faithfulness. He says, what is faithfulness? He says, the biblical word denotes that which is firm and can be counted upon. The word also has the connotation of absolute honesty and integrity. Then you have Wayne Grudem, who is a theologian. He says, God's faithfulness means that God will always do what He said and fulfill what He promised. Have you ever had one of those little books that say the promises of God? Have you seen those before? Um, when I graduated from high school, uh, one, of, one of the families uh, in my church, Max and Rita Clark, who've been just faithful friends to, to Laura and I, um, they gave me that book. And I have it in my office. And anytime you're going through a difficult time, you can open up that book and where it'll have, it has different categories of if you're struggling with something, um, let's say you don't have peace about a situation, you can look up what are the verses that will share with me about needing peace during a difficult situation. And it says that God promises us those things. And what we see in Scripture is that if God promises us this, you could guarantee that God's going to go through with it. So, recently a high school friend of mine decided to buy a camper. And so he had went on wholesale RVs up in Indiana, somewhere, Indiana, Ohio, had ordered it online. And he noticed that there was a company down in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, that said, hey, we will match whatever price that you could get from anyone else so my buddy calls this myrtle beach camper sales place and says hey i've got this rv um they're going to deliver it to me but since you advertise that you can beat anybody's prices y'all know how this goes right um i wanted to just see if you could and the guy said oh yes we can beat that price drive on down here okay so he got in his car, got his family and his kids, and they were all excited because the kids were like, yay, we're going to stay at the beach for the week, for the whole week. This was Easter week, spring break. So they got in the car, they drive down there, and my buddy goes to the end of the place, and lo and behold, the guy says, hey, we appreciate you coming down, but we can't match that price, but let me show you what we can do. Well... It was nowhere near <laughs> what they had promised. And of course, he's on social media ranting and saying, do not go to this place. And he just lets loose and everything. He said, I just want to thank them for ruining my kids' vacation. They were super excited about staying at the beach all week, and now we're in the back of the car driving back to Gastonia. And my kids are crying. Thank you for not fulfilling your promise and all this kind of stuff. We've all been victims of something like that before, haven't we, where somebody promised us one thing 
And then when we get there, we find out that it was a hoax. And can I share with you that that's not the way God operates. If God says he's going to do something, God is faithful and will fulfill that. He will fulfill that. And so there's several words in Scripture that teach us about this faithfulness of God. And I want to share those with you. One is this. Uh, in the Old Testament, there's two words, for one for faithless and one for faith. Um, I know that doesn't mean much to you what those two words are up there on the screen, but basically what I want to share with you is what they mean. They mean reliability and stability, okay? Reliability and stability. Now, think about this. Do you remember this song we used to sing so often? Need to sing it much more, but... On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is... See how biblical that song is? It's saying that we serve a faithful God, that He is reliable and He is stable. That you could stand on that solid rock and not have to worry about sinking. That God's going to uphold you. Now, church, isn't that good news? For those of us that wonder about our loved ones, those of us that are worried about what's going to happen next week and all these things, listen, the good news of the gospel is don't worry because you're standing on a very reliable and stable foundation, which is Christ. In the Greek, there's the word pistis for faith. And it basically suggests that of trusting or believing in a person. And so, when you look at the Old Testament and New Testament, the reason why I'm sharing these two words with you is because you begin to see kind of how the Old Testament and the New Testament fit together like a puzzle. So, for example, in the Old Testament, we learn that God is faithful and He's loyal to His covenant even when His people were not. Okay? Even when His people were not. So Charles Spurgeon, how many of you are familiar with Charles Spurgeon? You've heard of him, the great preacher. He said this, The glory of God's faithfulness is that no sin of ours has ever made him unfaithful. No sin of ours has ever made God unfaithful. So we see in the Old Testament story after story after story of God's loyalty and faithfulness to his people. Then you get to the New Testament, and we learn this. Paul and other New Testament writers who are constantly reminding us of the faithfulness of God in the Old Testament, Paul and all the other biblical writers are saying, hey, since God was faithful in the Old Testament, you can put your trust and faith in God today. He is still faithful. And so that's how these two fit together. Those two, where I, where I shared with you the, the Hebrew words and, and, and the Greek word, where one says he is faithful and the other one says you can put your trust in him. And so that's what I want you to get today. If you don't get anything else, I want you to know this, that you have a faithful God. And because he has a perfect record of being faithful, you can put your trust and confidence in God. So let me share with you a couple of verses in the New Testament that speak about this trust that we can put into God. 
I don't know if they'll be... Yeah, they're up on the screen. So here's one. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. And it says this. God is faithful. By Him you were called into, fellowship, into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. By the way, these are verses that's worth just keeping in your Bible so that when you're going... Listen, even as a pastor, there's times when I will go through life and say, okay, God... You're going to have to show me that you're faithful here because I, I can't see where you're at. And sometimes you need to just turn to these verses and remind yourself, hey, I serve a faithful God. Second verse is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. And it says, May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and will do this. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. Now, how many of you, I mean, don't raise your hand, but how many of you came to church this morning and thought, you know what, I need to be strengthened by the Lord? This verse is promising us that He will do that, that the Lord is faithful and He will strengthen us, and not only will He strengthen us, He'll guard us from the evil one. A fourth verse, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. If we have died with Him, we will also live with Him. If we endure, we will also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He will also deny us. If we are faithless, He remains faithful. He cannot deny Himself. Powerful. I mean, it's just like a shift. Like it's talking about if, if we're really good, we're really good, God's going to be really good. And then it says... But if, you, if you're faithless and you fail, well, you know what? God's still going to be really good and really faithful. I mean, what encouraging words of Scripture that no matter how far we have gone, God's faithfulness is still there drawing us back to Himself. So, here's what I want you to get. This is it kind of in one long run on sentence. Are you ready? This is what I want you to get today. That while the Old Testament gives us plenty of examples of God's faithfulness, the New Testament recalls our attention to the faithfulness of God and teaches us that God is faithful. Therefore, we can put our trust and confidence in Him. I want you to leave knowing that today. So, some of you are sitting back saying, Okay, Pastor Matt, I get it. God is faithful all in the Bible. In biblical times, He has been faithful. But Pastor Matt, is God faithful in modern times? And my answer to that is yes. And there's plenty of examples that I could share with you. I'm going to share two of them with you that are, are fairly modern. First one, how many of you remember Hurricane Katrina? Okay, you remember that? Okay, so... I want to share with you about the faithfulness of God with Reverend Jones during Hurricane Katrina. 
So Reverend Jones is a retired United Methodist pastor. Okay? He was one of the many that was affected by the hurricane. And so he had evacuated, and his house had flooded, and once water, water levels dropped down enough to where he could go back to his house, he went back just to try to retrieve some of his belongings. So he walks into his home. He said the water level was about knee-high, okay, if you can imagine. He said there was really nothing there to, to, to retrieve except he saw a couple of family photos floating in the water, okay? So he grabbed those family photos and took them back to um, the shelter where he and his wife were staying. And when he got back to the shelter, he thought, I need to dry these pictures out because they'll be ruined. So he took out the pictures and started laying them out. Well, he got to one picture, and it was a picture of his father, and as he opened it up, money fell out. Okay? Now here's what's strange about this. His dad had died in 1942. Okay? And his dad had put money in the back of this, between the picture and the frame. And when the money fell out, he counted it, it was $366. Now he had to move, because he had lost his home and everything, he had to move to Georgia to live with his daughter. Anybody want to guess how much it cost him to move to live with his daughter? $366. God knew that back in the 40s. Do you hear me? God knew what was going to happen back in the 40s and left that money there because of the faithfulness of God when, he, when Reverend Jones opens up that picture, lo and behold, it's the exact amount of what is needed for him. Now, listen, folks, that cannot be a coincidence. On a similar note, okay, um, Jim Simbala. Some of you are familiar with Jim Simbala. He is the pastor of Brooklyn Tabernacle in New York City. Um, when he first took over the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church, it was like maybe eight people in the church. He said it was so bad that um, one Sunday, there were some people sitting down in a pew, and the pew broke, and the people slid down the side. Okay, can you imagine? Okay, um, He said that they were in their building, bills were due, somebody was stealing the tithes and offerings in the church, he didn't know what to do, so he started praying and said, Lord, the bills are due, if something doesn't happen, Lord, this is your church, something's got to take place. And so... He begins to pray and pray and pray, and he goes to the mailbox to open up um, and get all the bills that he owes. And as he does, he opens up, and there in that, in that mailbox was a check for the exact amount of what was needed to meet all the bills. Now see, there again, you just see God's faithfulness. And the last one I'm going to share with you is, uh, and, and you'll see this up there, it's with Mother Teresa. Now, many of you are familiar with Mother Teresa, right? So, let me give you a little background history of Mother Teresa. She felt called by God um, to move outside of the... Um, uh, uh, okay, so you know the, um, the convent where the ladies live? 
she felt called to move outside of that and move into a neighborhood with the families, okay? And to start her own ministry out there. So she began to walk around the streets of Calcutta. And after a long day of walking, she comes in and she writes in her diary. She says, you know, sometimes I wonder about the faithfulness of God. And she says, I've been spending all day walking the streets, trying to find a building to do this ministry that I feel like God's calling me to. I can't find a single building, okay? And so she says, I'm even tempted by the tempter, that being Satan, to give up. And he said, she said in her journal, she said, you know, the tempter tells me, why don't you give all this up and go back to the convent and live with the ladies? Just give all this up. But she kept reminding herself of God's faithfulness. Now, those of you who know her story, you know that she eventually found a home in Calcutta. She opened it up, and right before she had passed away, let me just give you the numbers of, uh, of the individuals that she ministered to. Are you ready for this? She fed 5,000 families a year just in that town. She treated 90,000 leprosy patients. 90,000. And she educated 20,000 children. You know what? That would have never have happened if she would have listened to the tempter and said, give all this up. But instead, she remembered that she had a faithful God and that at the right time, God would open up the door for the home that she was supposed to be in. Here's what I want to encourage you with today. How have you seen the faithfulness of God in your life? How have you seen the faithfulness of God in your life? In what ways have you seen the faithfulness of God in modern times? How have you seen the faithfulness of God shown to others? Somebody asked Pastor Thomas to come up. And I want to close a little bit differently this morning. I want to give you an opportunity if God has been faithful to you or somebody you know, just to give praise to God and say, hey, God was faithful to me in such and such a time, or God was faithful to so-and-so in such and such a time. And so I'm just going to have Pastor Thomas picking the guitar softly, and I want to just close today's message by giving praise to God's faithfulness. Okay? So I want to open up the floor, open up the floor to anybody who would like to say, hey, let me just give praise to God for His faithfulness.